What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back in the video. It's Wednesday, time to take a look at the players I'd be trading for in week eight. Start off with running backs, since it's actually the position I have the most interest in this week. There are six running backs I'd be willing to go after heavily. We'll cover four in this video today. My favorite is one you should probably expect to see. That's Tony Pollard. I won't waste too much of everyone's time on this one since we've basically talked about him, I believe, in like every single video for trade targets. Uh, multiple weeks in a row that he has been underperforming, but the underlying metrics are there. I just can't believe that the production would stay as low as it has been for the rest of the season. The Cowboys have generated the most expected fantasy points of any team in terms of their running backs. When you isolate every position across all the teams, running back on Cowboys is the most productive for fantasy Pollard ranks second in expected fantasy points per game. Uh, he's seeing elite red zone usage. He's second in red zone carries, second in carries inside the 10-yard line, fifth in carries inside the five among running backs, and he's already had his buy. So he ranks that high among all running backs in the NFL, already having seen his buy. He also ranks second on Dallas with six red zone targets. He's featured. He's featured everywhere across the field and especially in the red zone, but he only has two touchdowns. That's why he's 16th in fantasy scoring. He's going to have multiple nukes soon. Trade for him before that happens. My second favorite running back trade for is probably going to make many of you throw up. And that's Bijan Robinson. I know that sounds horrific. 0% of people who drafted Bijan Robinson are happy with that decision right now, especially after one carry last week. But that's kind of the point, right? I mean... Everyone who drafted him is furious with that, wishes they drafted someone else. He's obviously going to come at a lower cost in the trade market. Also, talking about last week, that was a weird situation. So he was sick. He said he was sick Saturday night. He felt awful Sunday morning, but the Falcons just decided not to put him on the injury report. I think the NFL is kind of investigating that one. That obviously screwed over a lot of people. You have to think that I don't know. You don't have to think that sort of situation isn't going to happen again. It's just such an outlier situation that like it wasn't, oh, Arthur Smith doesn't like Bijan. Arthur Smith is still an idiot, but he doesn't just like decide that he's only getting one carry on like the final play of the game to set up the field goal, right? Like he was sick, obviously. Hopefully in the future, that's not going to continue. And it's not like the rest of the running backs are good, right? Like, Rudolph Patterson's like 90 years old. Algier's averaging 3.3 yards per carry. I'd get it more if Algier was going out there and having like 5 yards per carry. He's doing really good. Algier has been pretty terrible besides week 1 this season. Actually, he has been terrible besides week 1. So, I have to imagine that moving forward, Bijan is going to be the guy. And again, after a week like he just had, you have to think he's going to be easy to trade for. Falcons are still the fourth best backfield in terms of running back expected fantasy points. Even with the zero last week, Bijan is still 17th in expected fantasy points per game. And again, I know that's not good. Like you were hoping he'd be better than 17th, but that's with a zero splitting the work all season long. If you look at how productive he would be as a featured back, I mean, as a featured back, he'd be like number two, right? But actually, if you just look at what he's done right now, he's got 51% of the Falcons' expected fantasy points. And because the Falcons' offense is so good at running the ball, they run it so much, uh, they run it so much in the red zone as well. 
if he had 75% of the team's workload, which is like a reasonable expectation in the second half of the season, even that would be good enough to be the running back to overall. Will it happen? I don't know, but it's possible. And if it's possible he's the running back two in the second half of the season, I think you have to at least just see what it'll cost to get him in the trade market. My third favorite running back trade for right now is DeAndre Swift had a monster week two, monster week three, been a little bit more quiet for him over the last four weeks. He's ranked 18th in points per game in weeks four through seven. Over that time, though, he's eighth in expected fantasy points per game. He's got the ninth largest share of team backfield usage. So if you just look at the usage every running back in the NFL has of their team, what percentage of the team's expected fantasy points one running back has compared to another, he's got the ninth best usage in the NFL. So that's very, very promising. A common response to that would be like, okay, ninth best usage on the Eagles, but the Eagles running backs get stolen by Jalen Hurts so much. Like those rushing touchdowns to the goal line, Jalen Hurts steals all of those. And that's definitely true, right? If Hurts wasn't taking all of those, they'd probably be the number one backfield in fantasy. But they're still 10th. The Eagles are still the 10th best backfield for fantasy production. So even stealing all of those touchdowns, it's still a good backfield. And so having a player who's the ninth most featured running back in the NFL on a team that's top 10 in production to the position, well, that's really good. And when he's 18th in fantasy scoring over the last month, you've got a little opportunity there. The production is not matching up with the opportunity. And we know it's a good team. It's a great offensive line. DeAndre Swift, we've always known as a good player, just never really got that workload. He's getting the workload now on an amazing offense that honestly, the offense is underperforming so far this season. When they start clicking, when touchdowns flow even more, they've already come for Swift, but when they come even more, like he's just going to be a player that has a really, really strong floor and will have a top number one overall ceiling every week that he plays, honestly, regardless of matchup. Last running back over today's video is Aaron Jones. Uh, Jones has had a pretty rough season, right? I mean, he got hurt in week one. He was limited in week four, limited in week seven, missed all of the other weeks, and they went on by also in week six. So he only has 33 opportunities this year, which is awful. And to be honest, the Packers have been a lot worse than expected. Um, I mean, we were never projecting the Packers to be amazing. And I talked a lot this offseason about like, they could be good, but it's Jordan Love. We just simply don't know how good he is. Uh, it seems like he's not amazing, but even now it's still kind of too early to tell with Jordan Love. But uh, their best player is Aaron Jones. And the offense knows that. They're not dumb. They're still a pretty well-coached team. Um, they know that Aaron Jones is their best player. He should be the healthiest he's been since week one, moving in to week eight. We saw the upside in week one, 11 touches, 127 yards, two touchdowns. We'll do that again this season. I mean, maybe not. That's a phenomenal game. But we know that what we've seen since week one has been an injured Aaron Jones or limited Aaron Jones coming off of injury. This team has not gotten going because Aaron Jones is not out there and also because of Christian Watson also being injured at times. I think in the second half of the year, they're going to be a much better offense. They're going to be more efficient. They're going to score more total points. And I think that a lot of that comes from Aaron Jones. I don't have any advanced stats for you to say why he's underperforming besides the fact that he hasn't been playing. He's been injured. He's been limited. But we know that Aaron Jones is a very good player. We know this offense can be very good as well. 
if he's fully unleashed for the first time since week one, it could be the last time you can buy low on him. After the running backs, um, I do like some players, but I'll say it's definitely less than the running backs. I think my main focus this week would be the running back position, which, you know, is always the case. I mean, there's very few people out there who have like three running backs that they're in love with. And they're like, I don't care about running back. Like these other positions, what I want most of the time, everyone's like, you got a running back that we can trade for because running back is always very thin. I think this week is a good one to attack running back, but three wide receivers that stand out are Chris Olave, T Higgins, and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Olave tied Tyree kill and AJ Brown with 15 targets this last week behind Monterey Brown, who had 19. That was crazy. So he ties them. 15 targets, right? 57 receiving yards. That's the second lowest receiving yards on 15 or more targets of any player over the last three years and is by far the lowest this season. Olave is now 23rd overall, 29th in points per game this season among wide receivers, of course which is crazy because the volume is there and we know he's great, right? This isn't a player who's performing poorly or not a great wide receiver. Like we know for a fact that Olave is a great wide receiver. He's going to be a superstar in this league. He basically already is a superstar, but again, 23rd overall, 29th in points per game among running backs. He's 11th in expected points per game, 8th in overall points per game, expected points per game behind Devonta Adams, Jamar Chase, and Keenan Allen right ahead of Amander St. Brown. Like, the usage is there, and he's a great player. That's an amazing situation. It's when you got to buy low on when it's there. Whenever a player has 15 targets, and their targets come deep downfield, on an offense that we do still expect to be a lot better than they are right now, like, they're not really gelling, uh, Carr and Olave, but we know that both of them are capable of putting up these huge games it's only going to take one, like, 115 to score game from Olave. People would be like, oh, yeah, he disappointed on 15 targets. Then he went off. The usage is amazing. He's a great player. Of course, why would I trade him away? I think right now it's kind of in people's minds. Like, oh, is this a situation I don't want to be a part of? No, it definitely is. Olave's great. You want him. As for T. Higgins, uh, same situation that I was talking about before the buy. He only has one game this season, over 21 receiving yards. But that's been because of his own injuries uh, and injuries to, of course, Joe Burrow with his calf. Burrow was very ineffective to start the season. Then he starts being more effective, and then T. Higgins gets injured. And so that's obviously been really, really tough. Um, but Burrow looked really close to 100% before the bye. They go on bye. He should be close to 100% now or at 100%. Uh, Higgins will technically be playing through his rib injury all year, but uh, the pain should be a lot lower this week. I would expect him to perform as usual. It would be like a second injury he'd need to suffer. I think he should be good to go this week. The road ahead certainly isn't easy, right? The the Bengals don't have a ton of like easy opponents, but what we want from the Bengals is more offenses that can push them because if the Bengals are playing from behind, they will throw the ball a ton. They will throw the ball downfield and now with a healthy Higgins, a healthy Joe Burrow, they should be much more effective in doing so Again, that's really all we're asking for is can they play an offense that can push them? Because they can attack any defense in the NFL. They can be successful in attacking them as well. Higgins, my wide receiver, 16 rest of season. I think the best trade for him would be recognize what your opponent needs and do two for one. Do they need running back and you've got like a, a solid flex running back? You can pair with the flex wide receiver, two for one for T. Higgins. 
do that. Um, are they in need of tight end? Did you hit on like Dalton Kincaid plus you've got Darren Waller and you want to package one of those two with someone else for T. Higgins? Those are the type of deals I do. I feel like it's pretty tough to do a one for one for Higgins and like really win that trade. I feel like one for ones, especially at wide receiver. You're probably just like swapping players, and I don't really want to do that in the trademark. I never want to just like swap two wide receivers because the odds that you're really benefiting from that deal are pretty slim. You're probably just swapping players, and at that point, you know, you're just gambling, right? Then we've got Brandon Ayuk. Um, ESPN just released their new page for, um, they basically use player tracking data from next gen stats. They evaluate every wide receiver route run, uh, they track it on. A number of different metrics to kind of give you like overall wide receiver grades. Like who are the best wide receivers in the NFL? Um, I can link that in the description of this video. It's a pretty cool page. Brandon Ayuk's number two wide receiver through week seven behind A.J. Brown. Uh, he went off in his two healthy games this season. Um, was quiet recently, but quiet for Brandon Ayuk is four for 58, four for 76, five for 57. Like those are still fine games. You're not losing your matchup because of those games. Like he still provides you with a very, very, very strong weekly floor. And we know the ceiling is there, right? Week one, eight for 129 and two touchdowns. Week three, six for 148. Like he's a great wide receiver. The metrics say he's a great wide receiver. He's an elite part of this offense. He just kind of hasn't put together a really big game recently. I think that's a great opportunity to buy low on him, especially if you think about, you know, the letdown of Monday night. Like when you have uh, Debo out, you were expecting a nuke from Brandon Ayuk, and he was going off in the first half and then really just did nothing in the second half of that game. But people were expecting him to do really well. And so having 557, people are going to kind of take a, a step back. They're going to look at the last few games, be like, oh, he hasn't been doing that great. Should I have sold high after the first few weeks? Then you come in with a trade offer, just like psychologically, like that feels like something that'll work, like a good timing for it to work right now. Um, he's not going to be cheap. But rest of season, I think he's like a low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two. Most of you can play him at wide receiver two. If you're playing Brandon Ayuk every week at wide receiver two, that's awesome. I think that gives you, again, a great floor and still a great weekly ceiling. Uh, that's honestly it for this week. There are no tight end targets. Hawkinson was number one last week, but he went off, so we can't really trade for him anymore. And there was no one else that was really underperforming that we want to trade for at tight end this week. And the quarterbacks, the same people have been talking about. Joe Burrow and uh, Justin Herbert. If you want to go for quarterback, those are the two names that attack. They're both like top five, top seven rest of season. Both obviously very talented players on great offenses, both underperforming recently, but players that we expect to kind of break out of that slump and be great rest of season. So I'll be back tomorrow with a breakdown of every single game and then Saturday to go over my favorite underdog picks this week. But that, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button and help subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.